Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Pack Your Mics, the Top Chef podcast from the creators of Weed it, Read It and Weep. I don't think I've actually spoonerismed that before. Uh, Weed It and Reap. We've definitely, we should have talked about that. Anyway, today we're talking about season 19 of Top Chef, Top Chef Houston. This is episode five titled Don't Mess With BBQ, which you can tell by the time they get to the fifth one, they really start phoning it in with the titles. They <laughs> they just grabbed two things and didn't even check to see if they meshed together. Um, I am your host, Alex, in Hollywood, California, and I'm joined in our Hollywood studios by Megan, of course. Hi, Megan. Hi, Alex. And we have a very special guest, sister of the show, Julia, on the third mic. Hey, Julia. Hello. And um, Julia is here to help us out because we have a uh, we have a pared down panel this week. Um, we are only joined by one of our three other locations <laughs> from lovely Bur- Burbank, California. It's new Sarah and Kyle. Hi, guys. Hello. Hi. We're like the burnt ends of the podcast <laughs> this week. Oh, the perfect to sprinkle on top and everybody's yeah. favorite part. Yeah. We have all the burnt ends are like the best part of the brisket. It, so. Clearly. Yeah. I mean, I'm not um, trying to disparage any of the other parts of the brisket that are usually on this podcast, but it does sound like you were like, we are the best part of the brisket. <laughs> oh, we're an acquired taste. Like if you've acquired that taste, like, oh my gosh, do you love Burbank? But also right. there's like a lot of really good meat there that's being discarded. Right. <laughs> um, so I know that Northern California panels are off in paradise having a vacation. I do not remember where Chris is. But um, he, everybody should be visiting back. Visiting family. He's visiting family. Oh yes. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, he's visiting, visiting his little niece and nephews situation. Um, but we, everybody should be joining us again next week. Um, we were just about to tell you off the air, but I wanted to say so. So um, we're also going with Julia right after this podcast to go get uh, brunch at Girl and the Goat. Ooh. So we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna try uh, Stephanie's uh, brunch menu today, which we're very excited about. Yeah. That's very this exciting. This is a very Top Chef-y visit because she's doing the podcast in between. Last night, we also went over, or yesterday, we went over to Playa Provisions, got B-dubs, a uh, nice lunch menu. So we're, this is a full Top Chef tour, Joe. Yeah, hey, and I did, also, you know, had to watch the episode. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so you, instead of hanging out with us. So it's very Top Chef-y this whole time. I can't believe you called Brooke Williamson B-dubs. Like, I, this you is can't a, call I, a chef the, like, shortened name of the worst wing restaurant in America. this is a a unfortunate guy fieriism that i have picked up this week and i'm very sorry this is from he he calls her that on tournament of champions Uh, which we're still watching that he would call her the same name as buffalo wild rings while oh man look i'm doing it too wild rings (laughs) um did you also wait is wait is wild wings one word no it's two kyle just calls it b-dubs all i can say okay but all i'm thinking about now is like at at the Buffalo Wild Wings in Hollywood, we saw we were there late one night after a friend's Wait, birthday the, the party. The worst wing restaurant that you've been to multiple times. No, no, no. We only went. Well, there as one a franchise, time. it's miserable. I, I like it's there bad wings. Listen, I will say we had a memorable evening and at the one on Hollywood Boulevard because we saw a man try to steal a bottle of liquor from behind the counter uh-huh. and then just get annihilated before he could get out the door. Like this is a <laughs> Buffalo Wild Wings that had security for. A good reason yeah yeah for sure um and that's um, the only time i've ever been inside a buffalo wild wing so the wild part so is one true. out of one times it got wild <laughs> <laughs> no um that's fun we also didn't mention that we forgot to mention when we were off hiking in law La- in the las vegas area we also went to uh jamie's restaurant um wait what the black sheep 
Okay. Jimmy Tran. That was that's how she would have described it uh, when she was at that judge's table with a lot of beeps and boops. But yeah, uh, yeah, we went to Black Sheep and it was really good. Um, Yeah, we got. uh, I mean, we got all of the vegetarian items. One hundred percent of the vegetarian items, (laughs) (laughs) including one that was like, normally this has duck, and we'll just not give you the duck. Yeah. But it was it was really good. I liked it a lot. Yeah. So um, let's get into the food though this week because we have uh, we have, we're going to be uh, recording this podcast all night. Um, so first up, well, no quick fire. We're going to have a producer recording it all night while we rest and meditate and oh, kind of like yeah, do some other better. stuff. Yeah, this is better than the old days. So much better that outdoor one where they were like smoking Mm. and staying awake all night. Like, I would much rather have them at these hanging submarines with someone else in charge of them and like just smoke the meat. I I don't need to watch all. Yeah, give me someone who knows how to guard a submarine and let him smoke this meat. Exactly. I I thought they were sort of like a family of iron lungs designed to kill (laughs) instead of save. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that. I mean, they were intense looking. So that's. I mean, my favorite part is we learned how smokers look that's we're very houston now we know it mm-hmm. it's very big you yeah, could fit not just a pit <laughs> yeah it's not a pit they were still called pit masters this is 100 above ground i hadn't thought of that now i'm mad <laughs> put it in the ground dig it down anyway um no quick fire because today we are um smoking remember the mask smoking anyway um <laughs> uh, so the challenge this week a tisket a tasket put a twisket on brisket maybe put it on a biscuit i don't know anyway you're gonna serve 20 of houston's Pitmasters. I can't remember. I don't think she actually said top pitmasters. I think she just said twenty of Houston's pitmasters. Well, I so, think there's easily five hundred pitmasters. I was sure. Say, do yeah. we like, have it, a number of how many pitmasters? It's a great question. I don't know, but there are at least twenty pits that are unmastered this week. That's what we know. <laughs> These are twenty of Houston's most available pitmasters. Those pits are running wild. <laughs> the pits are creeping out. They're becoming mounds. <laughs> We can't. We can't have that. Um, so first, the chefs are given thirty minutes to grab a chunk of meat, give it a little rub down, um, just rub your meat for half an hour. And um, if you were like me going into this and thought you could not ruin your dish during this stage, you are one hundred percent wrong. I thought it was all going to be pretty even in the end. What the rub downs ended up, but like two of them, I think, were irrevocably destroyed at this point in the challenge. Yeah, I was so I don't know enough about how the meats are supposed to work, mm-hmm. but it it did seem like a couple people just totally failed, right? Like there are some people who are like, I just put salt and pepper and their meat turned out delicious, and then there were a couple of them. I'm forgetting who. Yeah, had like Ashley all of well, yeah, Monique. Ashley was one, right? Because her spice blend sounded so interesting, and then it sounded like it just had she no undersalt. flavor at she all. Was the one who didn't have enough salt. Yeah, yeah. Well, so you also, have to know how to make a blend that has got enough salt. That but seems like I, the first I'm not challenge. sure if it was enough salt or whether it seemed to be that like they just didn't put enough on it. They're like, oh, well, you season meat a certain amount. And then you look over at Nick and he's got his 26 plus spices and he's like <laughs> taking it around, giving it like yeah. a full one inch. It's an inch deep, thousands of different spices. Nick, yeah. Nick took everything down. And then someone else like um, seasoned with only salt and pepper and it didn't work at all and they were like this only tastes like salt and pepper right uh, somebody's uh, well, i can't remember somebody's warm spices weren't coming through i think that was Monique. that was oh, Monique. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah yeah she oh, was God, trying Monique. to like dot it with different spices right that. yeah but yeah i'm jumping get maybe getting a little head it seemed like everyone cooked like the briskets were all cooked i don't know if anyone went in and said like i don't remember any of the dishes where they said 
the meat was ruined. And I think no, that's probably really because right, yeah, because they had an expert yeah. there doing the good, so good smoking. It, I think Ashley's was too tough, but I thought it's because it was maybe too big of a chunk. It was the chunk that was the big yeah. thing. It's like she was cutting it up like you would cut like a prime rib almost. Like it, it yeah. was like it, it with it, the whole thing with brisket is you want those thin pieces of meat, so you're getting like you're not getting too much fat in the bite, and it sort of like falls apart and is very like. You can cut it with a fork instead of having to have a knife. So if you yeah. have that big like cube of it, it just becomes this kind of monstrous thing, and you could get a bite of that that's a cube of fat. Yeah, um, but I, I do. I mean, I, it, I I guess we give them partial credit for not ruining it uh, in the cooking stage. But it's sort of like when like the Harlem Globetrotters get a basketball spin really fast, and you have a kid hold up your finger and you put the ball in his finger. <laughs> like they didn't make this smoked meat perfectly. All they the, the chef would allow them to occasionally spritz it with vinegar, and that was your only input. Everything else was up to them. Yeah. It could have also uh, been if they didn't trim it well rub. enough. Yeah, but it was the rub. The rub was, yeah. so, it was so key, and I was I was surprised to notice how much the rub mattered. Mm-hmm. Um but but in an interesting like turn of events, now we actually have seven hours to do a leisurely shop and prep and there's no interruptions at all you're just gonna you have all day to cook you can plan you instead of a quick pickle you can do a long oh my god what is brooke doing here <laughs> we'll come brooke's back got to this a knife. <laughs> <laughs> we'll return to this elimination challenge but first a brief quick fire um so texas toast you've heard of it it's got texas in the name so it's important normally it's a thick piece of bread that rumor has it was the baker's fault definitely not our fault and uh, they, they call it toast because you put it on the griddle and make it toast. There's no rules is my point. It's got bread. That's the only rule. Make Texas toast. They just toast. did a fancy toast challenge. This is a fancy a, toast challenge, but named after thing, Texas. Though. Everybody yeah. who was in the top did a thick cut That's of bread with yes. stuff on it. Yes. So the it, Milfoys did not end up in the top. That did not so Texas weird. toast. At the- That's thin bread. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> the thinnest. I guess well, if they had done enough thin bread that it was like a whole chunk of toast mm-hmm. that was made up of many toasts, sort of like a like a layered croissant or One something. One of those crepe cakes. Yeah, crepe cake. A thousand yes, layer cake, yeah. A th- yes, that might have worked. But the way they did it where it was like a very thin piece of milfoy, it just didn't make any sense. Well, oh, um, man. So Monique deserved to be on the bottom. And so did Boot. Like, they completely missed the idea of the challenge. Like, I, yes. I heard them say what they were going to do. is was like, that's genius. Have... 12 skinny pieces of toast to make a giant piece of toast and then yeah. bo- like they they both made really i mean monique went wild monique went with the uh milfoy toast with buttercream and mushrooms which is that's uh, a that's a that's a step that's a the uh, mushrooms were also an 11th hour decision and it was very odd like yes i understand a sweet savory but that was so so it was like orange blossom buttercream which sounded yes. delicious and then it does sound nice i would not put which, on mushroom well the mushroom also sounded delicious put together that sounded like no yeah those, those are things <laughs> i recognize separately and did not acknowledge in the same room um also a strange choice god's favorite chef decided to give them just salt just salt, nothing else. Just a plate of salt. Uh, mm-hmm. They were like, here. He was like, here, enjoy this salt. And then they were not into it. Man, Tom um, likes salt. I mean, this he did, it, I know, salt. Even go I was too amazed far. when Tom said it was like a salt lick. Uh, like that's serious coming from him. There must have been a crazy amount of salt on that dish. Um, it was a I big know, old I, handful of pancetta. Yes, yes, the very salty pancetta, which is also interesting because we had this like no salt business later on in in the. Um, Last chance Last kitchen chance. just to see LCK. like this is what's happened if you get every ingredient you have is salted. Um, 
I, yeah, as Julia mentioned, the tops were all people who actually made thick toast and put stuff on it, which is super fun. Uh, Joe went uh, with mushrooms and arug. Jackson made shrimp toast. And Nick took down his first win of the season with his open-faced BLT and cheese, BLT and C. And um, those are toasts. So I guess the fact that they're in Texas makes a Texas toast. But it's really just fancy toast. And Nick wins $10,000, which you all know what that means. Buddha's pug still can't see. Oh man. The, and the Carrie fr- Baird was very sad that this challenge was not on her season. It's so upsetting. Yeah. And also yeah, um at Jake MHS on Twitter was very upset that you have a toast challenge and not bring Carrie back to judge. Zero stars for the episode, mm-hmm. which I think is fair. <laughs> Carrie is well, opening a fancy toast restaurant in Denver, just so you know. When soon? Wow. Now? Uh I I mean it was in the news, but I don't know oh, okay. exactly when it's opening. But yeah, coming soon. I mean is this enough to make it a whole restaurant? It's so she's working with a breakfast burrito guy. So fancy toast and breakfast burritos. Whoa! Oh, okay, that's so good. <laughs> sounds great. Yeah, I'm very into this. You will you will take me next time I visit. Yeah, sounds good. I would also eat a Milfoy toast. Maybe not with um, buttercream and trumpet mushrooms, but Milfoy toast, if done well, sounds like a lot of fun. Is it normally a dessert? Because it yeah. seems like it would be. Yeah, good it's a as pastry, a right? Yeah, okay. It's like a flaky. It, Traditionally, it's like what uh, Buddha turned out with the like kind of it's like a it's a layered dessert, but it's like not as much pastry as it is cream and fillings. If I'm remembering my Great British Bake Off. They showed a picture of it (laughs) real quick when the idea was first introduced. It's like a little bar. It looks kind of like a Napoleon. Okay, But it's it's like you have the pastry and like it's lots like a very tall stack because you want to see all the berries and creams uh in between i also somehow left him out of our picture guide so i can't even find it that's how briefly buddha was involved in this challenge they really didn't talk about his milfoy was again. this the one with the strawberries or am i totally remembering yes okay. is- yeah. yeah but i i thought damar was gonna be at the top i loved the look of his pizza toast uh like making toast look like a little slice of pizza uh all, yeah all the i like that i like the sales pitch i was in into this Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just cutting your t- your toast in a triangle is brilliant. It's because the bread wasn't thick enough. It's true. It's it, mm-hmm. I mean, it's true. I was upset because this was just like the queso is where they were just like, this is a thing with melty cheese, and they have no other rules about it. Mm-hmm. But at least in this, they even though they didn't explain the rules, they did hold yeah, you to the there toast were no should rules, be thick. But they were enforcing rules. Yes. is what I'm saying. <laughs> this should definitely have been thicker toast. Um, cause all of these are like little tiny, the Jay's shrimp toast was super thin. Ashley had like little rolls of toast. Um, so does, yeah, they wanted twice the size, twice the thickness cut of, of normal toast. Does it seem like with the quick fires, because there's this and the queso and the biscuit challenge. Oh the, yeah. Sort of. They've had these like very like cook a type of dish and the judging has seemed to be like, make the like platonic ideal of this don't reinvent it they they've like it seems like the judging and all three of those quick fires has kind of said like we want you to make the classic thing and then the elimination challenges like this brisket challenge has been about reinventing a little bit more yeah that's interesting i don't know if that was a like a conscious decision or just the way they like find themselves during judging like being offended by thin toast but yeah, that's so true that like the they wanted more classic toasts here. And then with brisket, they loved it when you put it in a grinder, which no one was expecting. Mm-hmm. If you did I, it successfully. Yeah. yeah, right. As long as you just nailed it. <laughs> yeah, it might just be that the only toasts that were good toasts were the ones that happened to be the platonic ideal of Texas toast. It's a mm-hmm. very, very po- good possibility because they just did not discuss it. I, I, um, I was a little surprised since they said in the intro that Texas toast is traditionally thrown on the grill. 
that it seemed like they were holding this in a restaurant with no grill. Like we didn't see toast well, going on grills, barbecue restaurant. So they have they were so doing presumably it in the place where they they're cook. all grills. Why was there no toast going on grills? Well, griddle, not grill, because like Texas toast is te- typically like uh, uh. put on like it's like buttered and cooked on a flat top, so it gets that sort of like grilled cheesy uh, sort of texture. I thought it was. The, I thought she said grill. Maybe I'm stupid. She I might have in said that story grill. of like the bakery cut it wrong, so we threw it on the grill. I th- but it could have been on the flat. And my question for that is, no one had knives. You didn't want to cut. Your- <laughs> no, you couldn't just like <laughs> cut it in <laughs> half again. Yeah, but that you do the thing really where you confusing. hold it and you're like have the pinch and you have the knife between it would your hand be weird, and you yeah. you're, you you no, kind of like-, like a layer cake. You put it on its side and you do the. Yeah. Or you get oh, yeah. one of those bagel holders. Yeah, the bagel yeah. guillotine. Classic. Yeah. Why didn't they have uh, that? <laughs> yeah, but Texas toast I, was invented before the 90s when the bagel guillotine was sold for sharp image. It was uh I it was a uh I it's one of those stories of like this is how this is how they invented Caesar salad. I'm just so positive that's not what happened. I that it is not that the bakery gave them thick toast and they were like, we'll throw it on the grill and call it Texas toast, and then it's a huge success. And this is no way. I think it's a success because people love big bread. People like big bread. Yeah, yeah that's so true. Um, I, I think the I'd much rather the story be like how Nash, Nashville hot chicken was invented, where it was like a guy came home and his wife was pissed off, so she put as much spice on the chicken <laughs> to try and make him mad. He's like, "Oh, I love this." It's like Texas toast was invented when a guy came home and, yeah. and he pissed off his wife, and I'm gonna she's like, I'm gonna give you the biggest damn piece of bread you've ever had, and he loved it. <laughs> Okay, so I see the spiciness as a punishment more than I see like, I'm so mad at you, I'm going to give you thick bread. No, no, that's also how the uh, brown derby the brown derby sandwich was made. A guy came the home, classic, he was in the, the doghouse. The hot brown. Hot the, brown. Hot, the hot brown. He came home, he was in the doghouse, <laughs> he's like, oh, I'm so mad at you, I'm going to cover your sandwich with so much gravy, you're going to be disgusted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so mad at you, I'm going to make you a nice au jus and put it next to your sandwich and let Ooh, you dip it. You oh. dirty dog. Oh, I'm going to show you how steamed I am. There's going to be so much jus on your beef. Honestly, though, I I don't know my... Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say this. This is a reasonable explanation for a wedge salad. (laughs) That that is actually very reasonable. That is a punishment. Uh, It does seem unpleasant. What were you going to say, Jay? Oh, I don't... I admit I don't really know my like regional distinctions in barbecue, but I know that some barbecue places, when you get the sliced brisket, they like put a slice of bread underneath it specifically to like soak mm-hmm. up the fat of the brisket, and then you can eat the bread full of brisket fat, uh, which yeah. sounds pretty all right. Mm, sounds soggy. <laughs> Not for you guys. <laughs> Not my favorite. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wait, soggy bread. I like how you said you can eat the bread full, as if they were like this is mostly as a napkin, but if you wanted to eat it, you're allowed to. I assume it it's because it's like supposed to be good. Other people eat the bread, and I just don't. Right, but well, I, maybe I, I don't know. I'm in the same place because I feel whenever I get the slice of bread at either at, at mostly barbecue places, but like I ne- I never want to eat it because I've I've eaten all the food that I want when I eat the meat and sides, and there's just this sure. like piece mm-hmm. of white bread left. And I'm like, I don't want to eat this little thing i, I really did, wish did it, it was you like feel a, like maybe somebody was mad at you and you should stop coming home oh, late from work wow yes sarah put <laughs> so many punished. single slices of white oh. bread under our meals i take all this time making this brisket that i don't eat and i put little bread on <laughs> just want it yeah it's a small punishment all right well that was brief we shuffle off the toast b-dubs well, is gone fast, and we're just to, before we get to the elimination i wanted to bring up like this seemed i want to know if we want to do like viewer detective work to figure out why brooke was secretly hosting this episode 
uh, because Padma like handed them off after the elimination challenge. And then Brooke was there when they went to the restaurant. She explained the challenge and she was there with Tom for the quick fire. Padma didn't show up until they came to eat the following day. Well, I assume that, yeah, I mean, we, this is maybe not the best detective work, but I assume Padma's just kind of expensive by the hour. And so you, you, you're you not going to keep her there for a whole eight hours. You just have her introduce it and you send her back to her fancy hotel. And then you're like, we can, we can afford a day rate again tomorrow, but we can't do yep, your overtime. But she's in Texas. I mean, surely you have to. Well, that's true. There's no, yeah, I'm sure there's no employment laws there. She's no. there, and I I like. I mean, that. she's already back. there. Like. Oh, that's true. Well, yeah, but I mean, maybe I mean it is okay. So not so kidding about the hourly, but presumably it is like there's only so long you're going to keep stars on set, and so having somebody else there who you can hand off duties to, and then she can go back. I mean, you still you aren't going to have Padma standing on that that stress mat for longer than a few hours in a given day. Yeah, but I it, it was maybe. just interesting. Sarah had brought up her theory was that it might have been the day that they did the uh, march against uh, the abortion ban. Mm. Perhaps. Cause I know that was while they were filming right. something related to the, the show, but I don't know. That was just my theory. Also, maybe it was just like, we love Brooke. She's around. Let's yeah. have her do more because it's Brooke and, and we love her. And people really liked how we featured alumni too. Yeah, and I liked. I did like that. I just I couldn't remember a time that they'd done that before, where a guest chef had or a guest person had also done the Podmo jobs. Well, yeah, and also, yeah, her and Tom, because Tom's not usually there for the quick fires, so that's kind of interesting too. So, yeah, it's very possible Padma got in her um, uh, BMW and drove down to the march, and they did not show that part. Um, well, so that that. Uh, we'll we'll usher that away and hey well you're back to work back to work elimination <laughs> challenge resumes you got to spray that brisket um so the chefs get back to work uh and finish up their brisket dishes to be served the next morning probably very early in the morning um buddha makes one of the most beautiful places i've ever seen plates of food i've ever seen on this show with his beef barbignon and uh i this is actually easier for me for um prep today because i didn't have to add any puns because the chefs were on it <laughs> there were a lot of barbecue puns going on in the dishes people were making today um evelyn uh won the uh won the day for her brisket curry which tom says would be a restaurant's signature dish but i'm gonna breeze past that because the episode barely featured evelyn it was almost entirely about J- jackson's terrific plate of runner-up pasta so, and I assume it's not like they're being um, biased. It's because it seemed like a bad idea and then it worked. But mm-hmm. we just saw so little of Evelyn compared to how much we saw Jackson talking about how he was making the worst decision of his life. Um, so she won Jackson's episode. Yeah, I was you feel prepared. like Jackson and his pink cheeks get a lot of play <laughs> on the show. He's so pink. He's very pink, um, which might mean, I mean, you know, if you're doing edgic as they call it in the reality world like the fact that we're seeing this much of him might suggest that uh he's going to feature prominently in the finale and Uh, they want to make sure it feels justified in the end i was prepared up for like three quarters of this episode to say jackson is unfortunately my favorite or not my my personal favorite i think he's the favorite of the season based on like how he's performing then he had to go up there and show his ass saying that this was a north carolina gold barbecue sauce when a gold barbecue sauce is south carolina style sauce and i appreciate him like erasing south carolina from the barbecue sort of uh uh record books but i mean a gold barbecue sauce is not north carolina 
All right, help us out and tell us what the difference yeah, is tell us between more about, a North and South Carolina barbecue. And also, if you could I explain why there has to be two Carolinas. <laughs> when well, I don't one think would Kyle be, can answer for that. Well, I mean, North Carolina <laughs> is where they grew food, and South Carolina is where they sent all the... Well, no, Georgia is where they sent the convicts. Uh, sort of like in the original colonies. I thought Louisiana was where they sent the convicts. Wow. Well, the, that's where that, that was the overflow, I think. I don't know Southern history. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so 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 which said, Carolina has gold? South Carolina. So like South Carolina. South Carolina barbecue sauce is mustard-based barbecue sauce. North Carolina barbecue right. sauce is vinegar and cayenne. Uh, mm. And then Alabama barbecue sauce is mayonnaise because that is I, <laughs> a horrifying place for everyone to visit. Uh, but um, that, I mean, that's that's a key thing. And listen, Carolina gold barbecue sauce is fine. I just don't <laughs> prefer it. Yeah, uh, and you'll take it over mayonnaise. I will actively take it over mayonnaise. I will shoot mayonnaise into the sun. And but most importantly, Jackson was trying to make a, bur- a play on a beurre blanc, so he made a barbecue sauce. Yes, because the puns, uh, the barbecue puns, will not stop. No, they can't. They uh, there's there's so many letters and yeah. Sorry, Grace is making some puns too. Grace is having a very passionate dis- discourse about the Carolinas as well. Grace has an opinion about barbecue. There sauce. should only be one Carolina. Combine the Carolinas, combine the Dakotas. Let them figure it out. What about the Virginias? Oh, well, that's a weird one because there's one that's like Virginia classic and then one that's Virginia West. And so it does like Virginia got to be all of Virginia, which would be, uh, it's so much weirder if it's if it's Carolina and South Carolina. It's right? almost like the- Virginia and the Virginia Annex. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> Virginia and Virginia Plus, which you have to subscribe to for an extra $3 a month. <laughs> That's what it feels like to me. Whereas it feels like you took Carolina, cut it in half. So yeah, I think, then, okay, so I think you combine the Carolinas, combine the Dakotas, keep Virginia where it is, and, and let West Virginia become its own thing. Call it the pineapple. Exactly. That's what we, so <laughs> from now on, one Carolina, one Dakota, Virginia, and the pineapple. Man, Dakota is all dead. Huge. <laughs> <laughs> We keep the, by the way. We're it's the only state that's going to have the in it. Yeah, it's unique. It's like the Hague. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the Netherlands. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's perfect. Um, so those are the tops on the bottoms today. The other pasta dish of the day, uh, Joe, which had this very interesting introduction where she said, "When I got to New York, it was all California Italian," which is an extremely weird geographical tour of a phrase. Um, and maybe she had a second job in New York selling boots because she shoehorned her popperdelle into this challenge where it did not fit. Truly. Um, Monique had a great idea for a dish, um, but it was on the top shelf, so she couldn't reach it. And then um, she did reach it. Yeah, no, she she got there. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever well, I, suggest- I do not need help getting this milk. <laughs> I mean, I, Look, as I, someone I, who just- has gotten things off top shelves at grocery stores for people on more than one occasion, just it's like you don't have to be embarrassed about it. I'm ha- I'm I feel she gr- wasn't grateful to be included. She was she was fully in the refrigerator, which is slightly upsetting for a place you keep food. Her that's sh- their fault for <laughs> making it like that. <laughs> she climbed into the dairy case to get her milk down. I'm just saying, flag somebody down. No, or get one of those grabby claw things. She was, was very tall. I, I just want to say, uh, seeing the look on Megan's face, like defending Monique, <laughs> like there, there was a lot of like empathy in her reaction there. I, 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 was, I was so impressed. I was like, you know, I've been in this situation before yeah. and I just, I loved that she just went for it. You wouldn't have climbed the dairy case. Well, I am going to do, I'm going to do it now. Yeah, no, you've been given permission. This is what yeah. chefs do. <laughs> 
I was really, truly inspired. <laughs> well, so, okay. Well, we won't count that as a mistake. The true mistake, of course, um, was that uh, her, her brisket was dragged down by her baking today, where she made the mm-hmm. mistake of saying, I do this every day, which is a brutal thing to say to yourself on this show and uh, to not see the problem when you're saying it. Because um, she said, I do this every day. And then also, it didn't get to prove as long as I'd like. Like, you do it enough to notice that you were doing you it You aren't wrong. doing it. Yeah. You aren't doing it the, the way you do every day. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, this must be so frustrating about Top Chef is that like you you have your specialties, but then you have these constraints that don't allow you to actually like follow through on all of the things that you do to make the dish good usually. Yep. Um, and, and I'm sure if she had time to sit and think about it, she'd be like, I know that this is not going to work and it's not going to yeah. be the thing that I want it to be. But in the rush, she's like, this is a thing I do. I will make all these compromises. Well, so much of like being successful on Top Chef, Chef is actually about your decision making process instead yeah. of like it requires you to be a great chef and able to do be versatile and do lots of different things. But the non-chef thing that this show requires of you is to say like, I can do this effectively, not this would be yeah. good. I'll figure it out because I mean, if they can't figure it out, that's great and like it's it's the sort of like shoot the moon strategy of yeah. go for the impo- like bend time to your will to make this brioche the way it needs <laughs> yeah, to be take this brioche and put it in the pressure cooker and it'll proof faster yeah i <sighs> but no yeah I, I i actually think we got some interesting hints today on this episode about what we're actually missing out with this weird format of the rush ch- challenges because um when they all of a sudden had a little extra time, I can't remember who it was, but one of them Lamar. said he was going to make pickles. Lamar, uh, Demar was going to going to make pickles because he normally doesn't have time. And like, oh yeah, they're constantly saying not they're not doing the thing they would like to do to make their mm-hmm. dishes what they normally are. And so, like, I don't know. I know it's a hard way to make a show, but what if we just like gave him a day? What I if- was also really surprised when Evelyn said that she was like well known for her curries because we had seen, right like no curry we'd so seen I'm no curry that she made a curry and she made a signature curry a phenomenal curry that, that padma love that it would yeah yeah it's well, crazy so here's something else that like i realized seeing the dishes and as they were eating it and i think it might have not been there because we watched the episode twice and it seemed like the challenge was cook brisket but use it in a completely different way and like yeah. i don't think that that was made clear enough in when it was set up because it just it seemed like they were we were going to get lots of like basic brisket but the thing they were judging on is how they'd make a brisket and then present it in a completely different sort of dish than the typical like meat and three plate and that's what i really liked about evelyn's too is like it seemed i assumed it was more of a thai curry because there aren't many indian curries that have beef in them uh, and when there's like lot, a lot more like sort of like yeah Thai curries that are based around stewed beef and doing a brisket in a curry presentation that way was a really, really ingenious and like looked delicious, clearly was effective since she won. But I that was the sort of like seeing the dishes unlocked what the challenge actually was for me when I didn't sort of have that in my head when they were like conceptualizing and cooking and talking about it. Yeah, yeah, and and this you do see all three of the top dishes were doing something innovative with it. They, these are not just meat and threes, especially like Buddha's, which is just this. I I, I know it's uh tr- it's definitely trite to say something looked like art on plate, but man, this is a gorgeous yeah, dish. Like it's upsettingly beautiful. It's um, so much. And I should also it's mention so intentional. Barbecue. 
So we had we had Jackson's barbecue, and we also get barbecue. But this was also the beef barbe barbignon, right? Oh, this is right. So the the, the multi yeah. pun. Yeah, it was a <laughs> the same pun repeated in two different ways. It's like a, a yeah, it's a, a pun two ways that he gave you on that dish. <laughs> um, but man, what a gorgeous plate! And the raw the raw beet turned into roses, and the little croquette, and the perfect little cuts. Oh man, what a pretty thing! And I wish we heard more about how that ended up happening and about Evelyn's curry process because it was yeah. just all pink cheeks all day. Yes, mm-hmm. um, I agree. Yeah. Although apparently, I mean, it was also phenomenal. And um, Jackson is continuing to show that you do not need taste buds to cook, which is so crazy. <laughs> you probably need to have had them at some point. Yeah, that's fair. Right. <laughs> you couldn't start with none and just run with it. Oh but I mean, it, it is impressive people how, by how now. good his work. Like he's been around them so much. Like, yeah, I, I still like. Th- there hasn't been an explicit thing where someone else talks about it or talks to him. But like, I I cannot. Um, I uh, I need the show to be entirely about the fact that he can't taste if he's actually keeping it hidden from everyone else. Absolutely agree, hundred percent. And that's why I assume that he has told people is because it's not entirely about that. It would really they would make a meal out of it if he was still keeping it a secret. I feel. Yeah, I I. I th- my read was that it was just that first challenge, like in the yeah. moment he didn't tell people. Uh, that is my fire. That's why I assume as well. Right. Um, and then, who knows? But then to wrap this up on the bottoms, Ashley gets sent home for her soup and dumplings with a very large piece of brisket, as mentioned previously. Um, but good news, Ashley fans, she won't miss a single minute of Top Chef uh, filming. She's she'll be she's, she'll be right back. She's just got to do some. She's going to come back a little sweatier, probably, because she's got to go do two challenges in the meantime. But um, as as Megan said, as soon as she got uh, eliminated, probably a good day to get eliminated. Yeah, st- sure. strategically. Yeah. Um, her um, soup and slicks, her sweet potato slicks. Uh, I I mean, it definitely seems like there could have been something really good here if maybe the brisket was a little cut. Small. I yeah, don't know. It, I think if she, it seemed looking at the dish, it didn't seem like something that was designed to be eaten with brisket. It seemed like it could have been a right. really delicious dish, but didn't seem like a very brisket, a uh, very effective right. brisket showcase. But again, we're not tasting it. We have to, all we can base this on is like the reaction, but yeah. it seemed like that was a really appetizing Southern stew that could have been a great vegetarian dish if like the slicks were the star yeah if you just took that out just gave me the slicks and the cream of collard that sounds great yeah uh but like putting like a massive piece of beef in there that you are also like it's it giving something that looks like a soup but has this like massive log in the middle that you don't have a knife to cut up yeah yeah. So Grace hated that. Like Grace hated it so I much. Know. Like she was, she was so happy for a little while. And then we start, we got really into the slick situation, and she had less fun. She's got um, thoughts. Uh, overall, I think, yeah, I think this is what we uh, we we covered how it had to be a little bit different. Um, nothing in the middle that like really stood out to me this week that I wanted I like to make sure we. Demars sounded really good. It, I, I thought that was like. I I thought it was probably a little bit better than Buddha's, but Buddha's looks so good that sort of got him mm-hmm. in the top three. Uh, but oh yeah, this they is the really Worcestershire like consomme, mm-hmm. uh, which was super interesting. He definitely had Demar had definitely the daintiest plate um, of brisket, which I think also I wonder like uh, we don't want the huge chunk, but I wonder if it's too different from brisket if it's so it's so tiny. I got so, so stressed fancy. thinking about 
Well, actually, no, they had a fair amount of people to feed, but I was like, that's so much meat, the extra. <laughs> like, where does it yeah, go? Yeah, well, this is 20 pitmasters, but do you think pitmasters maybe like have gotten enough brisket recently? I wonder if they're sick of brisket. No, mm, no, I don't you got to do it in a different way, not the meat. Yeah, maybe that's part of it. No, I mean, like if you work like if you work in a coffee shop all day and then someone comes in and is like, I've been roasting coffee. It doesn't smell as good. Yeah. Like they've been standing over this pit smelling brisket smoke, you know, 10, 12 hours a day, probably for like you bring a plate of brisket to the table. They're probably not as like, hmm, smells delicious. It smells like work is what it smells like. You also missed the opportunity to mention Jay's pun with oh, yeah. Cajun. Of course, K- Cajun, uh, a Cajun style, Cajun style. It's a little bit hard to, you have to kind of explain that one, but yeah. another solid one. She very, did explain it though. Yeah, very good work. And um, her doing um, another like, let me throw a lot of stuff into this. Uh, play. An entire yeah, Korean also- banchan of yeah. dishes on top of <laughs> yeah. a brisket. Sounded sounded really it did sound really fun um all right let's well speaking i mentioned that ashley was only going to be gone for a minute and let's slide into that so there's a two-part uh last chance kitchen this week after Uh, i spend two hours finding last chance kitchen and getting it set up (laughs) so i can watch last chance kitchen okay i've watched the show okay this is a great question so you you said you want to talk about this and i told you to wait till the show (laughs) what is so how are you going about what is the problem with last chance kitchen for you i so we we are watching top chef on hulu and we pay for the live tv hulu which a like top chef is the only show that won't let us go past commercials when we're paying for hulu live which i find extremely irritating but oh that that is is upsetting maybe not top chef's fault i don't know um but then you have to go find last chance kitchen separately because it doesn't just like start playing last chance kitchen after you've played the show which i find really annoying so is it available in hulu somewhere sometimes this week it was uh, a couple weeks ago okay. it wasn't and then we had to go to the bravo app and that's a whole other ordeal but, we'll <laughs> but also it's just if it's part of the show and i feel like it's really essential to watch last chance kitchen with the show like just give me the rest of the show. Yeah, I guess I'd never tried because it's a it's a web series. I've never th- occurred to me that I should go through the apps. I always just pull it up on the website and throw it on the TV from Thanks. there. Uh, uh, and I don't I have no idea even where it lives. I just every time I Google Last Chance Kitchen and it shows up. So I feel like maybe yeah, I agree. If I was watching TV like TV, I would definitely expect it to be there because you can't not have seen it. It doesn't. It would be very difficult to skip out on on the show. So I, I understand your your concern there. I see why you're upset. Um, I imagine that if you were, so if you're watching if you're watching this on TV TV, can you get Last Chance Kitchen through like your on demand or whatever from the? I don't think they play it on Bravo when we right. used to have like direct tv and we watched it on bravo we had to go find it on the website afterwards okay. which i also find annoying no like, very annoying yeah you have right. to do a whole separate but, but it's a web series and that's the whole point is to get you to go watch an extra bmw ad on the web yeah. so i just feel like in 2022 we can we kind of be over web series and put everything into the same <laughs> darn streaming platform <laughs> yeah it's really just a short video on the app it's not a it doesn't have to be a whole different thing um so last chance kitchen part one two hours later when you find it you finally pull it up um the moment after being eliminated, Ashley is brought downstairs into the Last Chance Kitchen kitchen, where she meets the two other remaining chefs, and together uh, they find out that one of the three of them is getting back on the show today. Um, but first, the, sh- the chefs have three minutes to grab everything they want from the pantry, and this is where, sort of like where the rub can decide your fate, 
This is where both of today's challenges are basically decided in a three-minute shopping spree. So Sarah picks up a lot of flexible ingredients and a really helpful mise en place, um, which comes back to bite her hard. And Leah doesn't grab salt and somehow um, doesn't grab any other ingredient that contains any salt at all. And thus, she's mathematically eliminated. Um, she cooks two perfect chicken thighs, but the thighs don't save her lives. And she's bounced out from round one. I, I was stunned at her like ability to kind of like avoid the flavor in every way it it, 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 it was not a single th- she didn't get any better than bouillon cubes right mm-hmm. right like the, anything no, no salted salt pancetta she's got mm-hmm. salt uh, unsalted butter i just unsalted wonder nuts. if like yeah right unsalted nuts which that one is a little more upsetting to me but but like you are used to there being a thing of salt next to your table like i could imagine that you when you're like when they say go get ingredients and you run to the pantry you normally don't run to salt you run to see what the produce is like you run to see what protein you want to use like i think i'm like a lot and also a lot of challenges are like you have you can only use six ingredients today salt pepper olive oil are free like Mm -hmm. it sometimes counts and sometimes doesn't and i wonder if maybe tom could have been a little bit more clear you literally can't use anything you don't grab. Hint, but the hint. peanut gallery like told Sarah to get salt. Uh, yeah, and- everyone else did. I, I think yeah. that's yeah. that's where yeah. that falls apart. It's also, and I'm sure in the big producer explanation, they reiterated that too. Yeah, that's very possible. In which case, then it's like kind of unforgivable. She didn't occur to her to have salt, but. But she was on a three win winning streak. They broke her huge last chance kitchen streak. I know. (laughs) It's such a bummer. Uh, And especially like that, it it cut to the end. Ashley gets back on the day she was eliminated. Like, I I like it when it feels like you could actually come up through last chance kitchen. And the idea that you could do this incredible winning streak, forget to grab salt, be completely eliminated from the competition. And then someone who just left comes right back in and who cares? Yeah. This is more about part two, but I was, yeah, I was, I enjoyed how mad Sarah was about these last chance kitchens. Cause I was also annoyed. Yeah. <laughs> these last chance kitchens. And Sarah was just like, I'm not sure Sarah no, was, was terrified. I don't know if Sarah was mad or if Sarah was slowly losing her mind on this one. <laughs> Because between the two, she just asked Tom, am I going to be bludgeoned? Which really comes from out of left field. And that's a different kind of fear where then just like this is intense. She's like, I feel like you're going to hit me. Yeah, she's done some some like about her own like self-conscious nervousness kind yeah, of yeah, things. Yeah. And this was more like, I am pissed, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> I am presenting as scared, but I am mad that I am here. I quite enjoyed her um, uh, her line, uh, Tom loves torturing young chefs yeah. and uh, and making dad jokes. What a fun guy. Um, I, sometimes I actually, doing both at the same time. He, mm-hmm. he would love to do them both if he can. Mm-hmm. I wanted to actually mention it because her, her, I was talking to Megan about this, but her lack of self-confidence on the show, because we saw that call with her partner where she talked about, like, not believing in herself here. I mean, she has, like, multiple restaurants that have were nominated for James Beards that were best restaurants in the top 10 in the country. Um, uh, she James Beard semifinalist. Um, like, she is so unbelievably successful and talented. And I am just I'm just bummed that she doesn't believe in herself a little more i would like her to hopefully come out of this with a bit more confidence that she knows how to do this because boy i know this is different so maybe it's not like self-confidence about her whole life but about specifically top chef challenges but man like how many things do you have to win before you're like maybe i'm good at cooking maybe i'm good at this Well, i think a lot of these people are like on tv a lot like you've talked about how 
Leah has done a bunch of. Uh, She's done some Iron Chefs, which is yeah. Anyway, Iron a lot of them have cool. been on TV, and yes. I don't get the sense that Sarah has done a lot of TV. I totally, she has totally. done a lot more restaurants. Oh right, and definitely also she's not perfect a TV and I girl. Love her, except that yeah. she apparently has a very messy station, which is terrible, and that makes me sad. I I mean yeah, I don't like them. I mean I also am, like would get stressed out working on someone else's messy station, but also she wasn't doing the station for anyone else. This was for her. Yeah. Just well, uh, there was a shot of this the stovetop though where there was like flour everywhere like in the cooking <laughs> elements and i was like well that's yeah. kind of rude you're sharing yeah. that like it's not ideal um yeah that's true well so 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 top uh part two of last chance kitchen kicks off with um sarah and ashley um and uh now they have to do a little switch switcheroo they gotta do a little swapsies so uh, that means ashley gets all the amazing ingredients that sarah chose and prepared and Sarah gets a couple remaining stalks of Tom's least favorite vegetable, along with some grits and no cheese. And she makes a valiant effort with it, but can't catch up to Ashley's salmon. So Last Chance Kitchen goes down pretty much exactly as how you'd expect and how the book keep bookmakers predicted it would. And Ashley is back on the show. I feel like not only is it sad that Leah forgot salt, and so she was basically eliminated, but then Sarah got punished for getting too much stuff. For picking a great variety of helpful things, it made uh, Ashley's life so much easier. What a bummer. This was like the very first episode with Sarah, too. She was like when they had to do that uh, relay challenge and she like set everything up like I'm just going to get ingredients that are easy for other people to work with. Oh, yeah. And then they just like totally ignored all her options and they didn't end up doing that well. Yeah. Yeah. So which makes it seem like besides the flower on the near near the open flames, she might be a pretty good teammate in the kitchen. Yeah, I think it's just a different. I mean, obviously, they didn't know they were going to have to swap stations. So it's like how you conceive of a reality TV challenge more than anything was how I read Mm -hmm. this. Like Sarah wants all the options available to her. Ashley had an idea for one particular dish and focused on getting Mm -hmm. everything she needed for that dish. And And that's totally acceptable. Usually that might help Sarah in the long run. It might have been a smart thing to do to be like, I don't know exactly what I'm going to do. So I'm going to like get a smart group of ingredients. And it just today it so happened that benefited her opponent. I felt bad for Sarah. I felt bad for Leah. I mean, I'm excited to see Ashley cook more. You know, it was, it was, yeah, Ashley's was, great too. Is yeah. the other thing. Yeah, I mean, I was happy for any of them to come back, but it's just the the justice of Last Chance Kitchen. Did not, I did not feel like I saw today, but um, no. But that's that's you know the the that's on the challenge itself. There was no malice in anything that anyone did, and I would have been totally, really no, no, excited totally, totally. to see yeah. either of them win because I like both of them. I would have loved it if Leah had figured out a way that's like, oh, actually, there's a certain salt content in the iron on the shelf. And then she like crumbles it down and like <laughs> magnets the iron away. I would have loved her to come up with some way to get salt into it and win. But it's just too hard. Through, through paint? <laughs> yeah, there's going to be some salt and paint. I don't know if you get the bad parts out. I, oh, <laughs> yeah, if she took the magnet off the fridge to get the iron shavings out, but just leave behind the salts. There's got to be some way. I like this idea. It's not working, but or she's like, she's like, I cried into this little thing and then I boiled it down and got rid of the water content. It was just the salt. <laughs> Extra sweat. <laughs> it was so Ew. gross. You're right. You're right. You don't want to cook with your body that way. Cook with your heart, not with your sweat. Um, anyway, that's Last Chance Kitchen. I, I still enjoy Last Chance Kitchen a lot. I, I'm, I'm sorry that you're so irritated by the <laughs> me- methodology of it, because I still think that like the way that they put together challenges and the way Tom is like relaxed and the way he judges and the way Sam is 
bonkers on his stool. And even the way that Leah had to walk back into the kitchen in the second half of the challenge with her own stool in her own street clothes. She just wandered back. I was like, I guess I have to sit here now and then plopped herself down. I also I, feel like the stools enjoyable. have been kind of disappointing. This I season. agree. Mm. I feel like we haven't heard much from them. Yeah. yeah, they're just like sitting there watching. Yeah. More commentary. Well, we're going to see. There's going to be. Wait. Oh, no. Because they do. They clear out. the, la- at least the last time the This is the out. biggest flaw, actually, with the design. They should keep the stool chefs. Because what Thomas says at the end is that Sarah is now the reigning champion of Last Chance, Last Chance Kitchen, <laughs> which is the second round. Second chance, last chance. Oh, man. What a what a ride. Um, but you're right. They do. They clear out the stools. And so we actually. That was it. That was all the stools we got. You're right. They, they let us down a little bit. Well. We got more stools coming. Yeah, there'll be new stools. Although, actually, well, I, I have a I have a question about this. Then, then this kind of brings up. So, I was feeling today when I was watching the three of them about to get eliminated, and I was watching the three of them who could come back in. I do not feel as emotionally invested in any of the 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 chef testaments this year as I have in previous years around this part. I feel like I'm supposed to have maybe I'm about to fall in love, but I was like happy for everyone doing well and i was sad for everyone doing badly but i feel like as a group it's just like wow what a great group everybody's awesome and i don't have anybody who i care about and i also don't have a villain that i hate i'm not rooting against anybody actively i feel just like like a just a general seven about the whole panel Hmm. how do you guys feel do you guys have some are you more in love with some contestants than others any style of food that's jumping out at you that you want to like really rooting for or any villainy thing that you're worried about at this mm, point well, well i'm really Sam was a little bit vil- villain yeah but yeah when the villain goes away that early it's not that it also, yeah he also like came in and left at the same time villainously like <laughs> yes. he, he showed up being villainy the same day because early on he was like you can taste crazy let's just be chill and it was kind of fun other recommendations megan i agree yeah i haven't i I don't have i'm i'm enjoying mm-hmm. watching everybody yeah. and I, but i don't have any um any real favorites? A strong rooting interest. Yeah. Yeah. Sarah? They're, say? All, they're all my favorite. <laughs> I would like to see more of Evelyn because she's the hometown hero. And yeah. I'm liking her food. And like you said, this episode didn't really focus on her at all, even though there was that really cool moment where she came out and she's like, oh, I know a lot of these pitmasters. And they're yeah, like, they like all waved when me. she showed because yeah. they didn't know she was on the show. We realized because she's yeah. not—you're not allowed to tell people. So they were like just as ha- as surprised as she was to see them. That's really neat. And that was really it cool. And I like know we're seeing a lot of Jackson and Buddha at yep. the expense of other people. And you know they put in Buddha's dog today, which is great. Shows more dogs. <laughs> I, they could spread it around. Agreed. I, I agree. I do yeah. wonder if that is like strategic. That is an important edit for who's going to do well in the long run. But yeah, I mean, you kind of can't well, tell still- with that until the end of the season, right? like what they're doing with those narratives but i just want to know more about evelyn and she seems really fun and like funny too and i I like her personality wise quite a bit and food wise i'm super interested in what damar is doing um yeah yeah damar is my two favorites at the moment some of the most interesting food for sure um i keep expecting God's favorite chef to do better. Um, he has like little hints at it, but man, he's going to have a moment. Worth- There's going to be a challenge where he has to like cook a memory and finally he'll stop doing things that are based on like the Noma playbook and actually right. do a personal expression. I, I felt I was really mean to him the first two episodes. Uh, and like, I think he's a, he's clearly a very talented chef, but he, I, I wonder if the big issue is that, 
at Noma, everything's so like composed and tested and intentional and like designed to push food that I, I wonder if there's, he's ever really had that opportunity to kind of like cook with passion and spontaneity. And I don't, I don't know a ton about Noma, but I, I just, I know I glean from like the other reality shows and cooking documentaries we watched that when you're making food for the type of like top 10 restaurants in the world, there's less room for this sort of like in the moment flourish and experimentation. You have to like be brainstorming things that are going to be both effective and impressive and kind of like tested so that you can do it as a restaurant. And so many of the dishes he's made seem like they're built off of those lessons as opposed to the sort of like organic cooking that people like Carrie uh, sort of just like cook from her heart and so her gut. And I don't see as much gut cooking from him. So would you say maybe he spent too long at Noma? Like if he had spent like eight, eight <laughs> years and two months there, he might've had more creativity, but it's because he got all the way to eight and a half. Yeah. I, I think those four months really broke him. You realize what's mm-hmm. what did him in. Yeah. Or even seven and a half years might've been a good amount of time and eight and a half. We all agree. It's too far, too long to spend there. Not enough gut cooking. Okay. Final question um, from zero to five. How many cow pokes are in your posse this week? How Texas, how Houston was this challenge this week? I feel like the, the y'alls are deafening, right? Like the y'alls are, are ringing across the Texas plains for this one. From, A lot of again, y'alls. I don't, I, I, don't I, know, right. I don't know anything about Texas or Houston, so I could just be showing my ass here, but brisket right it's something i know (laughs) surprise (laughs) but (laughs) brisket is something that i do know is a thing in texas barbecue so it was cool to see something pay tribute to that and also not have it be make it exactly the way that a local would expect to have it i really appreciated it was that was the starting point not the ending goal totally and i also loved that it was pit masters and not like TV trained chefs that were doing all of the judging. It was great to just have people who are like, I work on this all the time and I'm not famous and I love what you're doing. And yeah, it was a cool group. It was fun to get to see little clips of them. I think this has to get three y'alls because they kept doing these little Houston triptychs where instead of going anywhere, they would just show like three little pictures of Houston (laughs) the episode. Break for three more little pictures of Houston. Yeah, we are not getting uh, nearly as much travel. And I assume it's still like protocol protocols. It's hard to be too mad. But it was different in Portland where they were like, "We, we can't go anywhere. So we're doing this. And this year they're like not talking about it, but also not traveling as much. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I, did, I feel like we could have heard from more um, local chefs uh, talking about brisket or talking about Texas toaster. Yeah. Um, so I, I thought the challenges, you know, were very y'all, but um, <laughs> but I would have liked to hear, hear more y'alls from uh, local chefs, I guess. Yeah, that's totally reasonable. Kyle, what do you think? I, I'm thinking like two and a half y'alls. Uh, because like it felt very Texas, but I would have liked to like learn and see more about Texas. Maybe learn about these pitmasters. Mm-hmm. Get like mm-hmm. no, kind of like with the night market. See some of their signature things, or instead of just totally. hearing about this brisket spring roll, kind of see more examples of what Houston's doing to push brisket in new directions. It would be very cool to have seen uh, a couple of clips where they talked. They have they bring in the pitmasters and are like. 
this is Pitmaster X. And then like we show that person in their pit mastering it. And then we come back and then they're like, this person does this with brisket. And they show them like brisketing it up. Yeah, that w- we would have learned a lot that way. Pitmaster However, X is an extremely metal name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's got a whole, he like does the whole thing with a helmet on. So you can't see his face at any point. It's very mysterious. Cool guy though. Um, I would say my though, I've never, I didn't know that, bri- that smokers were this long. I learned about, how incredible these tanks are with their really large uh, weighted doors for four y'alls. I, I mean, four and a half y'alls, in fact, for getting to learn how long smokers are. I've only seen smokers outside. I've never seen a, a tank field of smokers like this, um, a tank warehouse. So you got a lot of y'alls for me because a lot of these before we've had like like a little bit in the quick fire and nothing in the elimination that felt it. And this way, they spent seven hours in an actual Texas restaurant. You get an actual Houston restaurant. I'm trying to say Houston, not Texas, because I we had this like conflation early on. But anyway, I am. Yeah, you four well, and a half. Y'all speaking of all the puns and portmanteaus, I couldn't get my head around the name of this restaurant they were in because it's J Bar M. So I kept wanting it to be like the J Bar Barn Restaurant, but it's an it. it I, 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 I'm sure it stands huh. for something and I didn't look it up, but like the name is J bar M it's a, it's a brand. That's I was going to say, it sounds like a cattle, cattle brand. Yeah. That you'd have like a J and then a, like a dash or a vertical uh, pipe, whatever. I think the bar goes on top of it. So you'd have your J and your M with the bar on top. Look at that. Yeah. So Kyle, you would understand this better if it was like seared into the side of something. Totally. If you seared that into me, good. I'd, I'd get yeah. it. Oh, I'd get it fast. You'd remember forever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, good, good. I work in agriculture. I know you now. do. You do. You got all this. Um, all right. Now, our, our last thing we got to do is our best thing we get to do. Let's take a brief dip into the. It's time for the mailbag. If you want to get in touch with us, you can send us an email. Mailbag at packyourmics.com. We really appreciate everybody who writes into the show. Two letters today that I want to read. The first one comes from Dr. Brian. You know him. I do brother-in-law of the show um uh, regarding our discussion last week of expensive chicken drumstick ice cream available for delivery dr brian sent along um tom is getting into the crazy expensive delivery business i got this offer emailed to me this week which is tom colicchio's sunday gravy um, which is a 175 dollar home delivery of his uh sunday meatballs a craft at home box for a one-time only shipment um, the return of this celebrated family tradition features an authentic, the authentic favorites, Tom Colicchio's slow-cooked tomato gravy, veal ricotta meatballs, uh, bracioli? Is that what you call that? Bracioli? Um, sweet Italian fennel sausage. Anyway, a bunch of cool stuff in a box for four that arrives on your doorstep, fully prepared with some simple guided cooking to do, which sounds to me like the opposite of fully prepared. <laughs> but $175, this is available to you from Kraft New York. Absolutely not. At least that seems like a lot of food. <laughs> yeah, it's it does not seem a bad like value as a for four. Ice cream sandwich. What was that? It's it's not a bad value for four, right? I'm sure yeah. the cooking instructions are like boil pasta and like heat this. Yeah, it probably is pretty straightforward. It's not like the, those ice cream sandwiches where it's like twenty five dollars a piece and you each get a small ice cream sandwich. This does yeah. seem like a lot of food. I, for um, for this though, like maybe I'm just full of myself. But we got like an Italian cookbook in the fall, and like I feel like I could make a tasty pasta like tomato sauce and meatballs that taste i'm not going to say they taste better than tom's but like 
for I'm glad you're not going to say that. That would be a tough point. I don't want to wait. I, I can also tell you that Dr. Brian makes a delicious tomato sauce. I bet yeah, he does. It's like, like I, I don't think it's actually that hard to make a, to, a, a pasta sauce, a tomato sauce that's really delicious and satisfying for fifty dollars, like everything included. Like, do, <laughs> well, I will get some good meat. Get, get like. I, I will know. also point out if you're considering doing this that for just uh, $56 extra he'll send you four people's worth of black manhattans um which uh, ex- unless you're in one of the six states where you can't get mail in uh, cocktails from Tom legally not available Including in Alaska good old Utah Alaska Arkansas <laughs> Utah Rhode Island <laughs> well just have them Delaware M- Mississippi and Kentucky anyway that's a fun uh, available delivery still some available if you want to get Tom's craft meatballs sent to your home meatballs in the mail sounds a little bit intense I don't know that just I don't like the feel of that dry <laughs> ice yeah presumably they do yeah we were Definitely. we were doing some more perusing um during the week of gold belly and all the crazy stuff that you can get from them. Um, there's a sub sandwich shop. My dad loved in uh, Atlantic city growing up that will send you four subs for a hundred dollars, which is so much money for just sliced salami and bread. Um, I've considered and- getting the uh, muffaletta sandwich from central grocery in new Orleans though. Like that's I- oof. It's, I mean, I can see situations where this makes sense. This is not a regular thing. It's for very special occasions, very special food memories. But in order to make it not gross, they like separate the sauces and things and you have to reassemble it. And now it's just like, you just sent me lunch meat and I got to make myself a sandwich for a hundred dollars. It is, it's a fascinating website, a very interesting place to hang out. Um, Our other, uh, we have a great email. I'm going to read almost the entirety of this because it's really excellent. So Meredith, the keeper of the memories, write, writes in to say, you rang? So you may recall last week, we we called upon the memory palace uh, of Meredith to remind us about ostrich eggs and spite dishes. And here's what Meredith has to say. Number one, ostrich eggs. Yes, we have seen a lot of ostrich eggs, but I do not recall any ostrich meat before. Ostrich egg did indeed show up in season five in a quiche that tasted like glue, which we were we were recalling. And again, in season seven, when Amanda got stuck with one and Kelly finished it as an omelet for the win. So we're 50-50 on ostrich eggs in these two cases. But more important, spite dishes. First off, Meredith says, I, um, I'm a big fan of spite. It is often my starter wordle word. <laughs> I love wow. it. And I got to say, there's, I, there's like a couple ways to play wordle opening words. There's like a strategic word with a lot of good letters. And there's people who write what, however they're feeling that morning. And I definitely like that second option. That's a cool that's, way to do it. That's mine. Yeah. If you're feeling spiteful, start with spite. Okay. Couple it's, of vowels. It's how in you're this. feeling, yeah, with at least two vowels. Yeah, okay, right. Yeah, right. <laughs> if you're feeling a lot of consonants, don't bother. Um, what is interesting about spite versus redemption, Meredith says, is that while redemption is making up for something in, in the in the past was wrong or hurtful, spite is about trying to hurt or offend with your dish. So while we've had a myriad of redemption dishes, oh, Brooke, fried chicken in season ten finale. Why the spite dishes are fewer and farther between, but a few I offer for your consideration. Season two. Elon decides to foam craft Italian dressing as an homage to Marcel in the quick fire right after told Marcel at judges table, he can't put foam on every dish. That's fun. Cause that's not spite of the judges. That is spite of a fellow contestant, which is kind yeah, of funny. That's Isn't that's that the season where the they, way. where Elon like went after Marcel. Yeah. Too? They tried to cut his hair. It got yeah, kind of weird. Got yeah. It got, <laughs> it got bad. Fast. But I do not enjoy forcefully cutting someone's hair, but I do enjoy making a craft 
Italian dressing foam to make fun of somebody. That's the kind of spite I want on my show is I want people hurting their own dishes with disgusting foams <laughs> to make fun of somebody else. That's the right energy. Um, we don't see a lot of Elon uh, anymore. Because he got um, his own shows. I think it, it sort of he like had his knife fight cooking show. Uh, oh, I think right. he was trying to be his own sort of cooking brand a little bit more than a Top Chef alum. Marcel definitely shows up on uh, Tournament of Champions, which is something. Um, uh, continuing on with the Spike Dish memory, Season 4, Antonia and Spike have it out about not making butternut squash soup. And several challenges later, Spike makes a point about making butternut squash soup. So, to sp- again, spiting another chef. Um, and then Season 8, when Isabella steals quote-unquote Richard Blaze's idea for chicken fried oyster and wins it in, in the Paula Dean quickfire. So none of these are actually trying to like spite a judge for telling you they didn't like a thing. Um, all of these are about like competitive juice. Um, uh, Meredith continues, and while I believe that John Tessar in season 10 and Philip, who played it on a rock in season 13, were both very disliked, I don't believe the other chefs created dishes out of spite towards them. I racked my memory and just couldn't pull any up, but I'd love to hear your ideas if anyone else does. So that's three possible spite dishes with only one win. So it may be that spite doesn't pay. Though in Wordle, using spite and then foamy does pay off pretty well, actually, because that's getting, which is a good point. It's getting you across four of your vowels plus the sometimes vowel. So season two is worth something after all. Meredith, awesome email. Great list. What do you guys think about those spite dishes? Um, I don't I'm, feel like we any listened. of them are particularly memorable. I... Well, I remember obviously stealing Blaze's chicken fried oyster because that was a great shenanigan where it was like Blaze just like is like every night I like to sit at the table and open my notebook and draw the perfect idea of a dish I've never made. And then Spike is like, hey, I made this uh, or not not Spike, Isabella. Isabella's like, hey, I made the uh, dish Richard drew in his notebook yesterday. Is that weird? <laughs> it was a very memorable and just everybody involved was so weird. What a weird thing. I do not remember that. It was so there's like the it's like the the oyster of a chicken, uh, and he was like I'm gonna make it but like an oyster. Um, but then I feel like we heard later that maybe other people had also had that idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think this was Isabella's thing. Was like, oh yeah, this is like a normal thing. A lot of chefs do it. Um, so maybe like Blaze doesn't get full credit for just coming up with this in the middle of the night and drawing it. Yeah, that was a weird timing though. Yeah. I do not remember Kraft Italian dressing foam, but that really cracks me up right now and makes me like Elon more. So I'm just thinking about how awful it would be if somebody foamed some Italian dressing for me. <laughs> I do feel like Spike's, if I'm remembering correctly, which is very possible that I am not, mm-hmm. Spike's uh, butternut squash soup was really good. Yeah, it was incredible. If I remember. And, the, and, the, yeah. and I believe that was one of the first, one of the early times in the show where the judges were like, make soup, man. We all love soup. We would love to see more soup. So uh, much credit for that. Um, excellent remembering, Meredith. Um, I would like to see more. It's hard to say with the redemption confusion because I do feel like there's a thin line between saying like, I'm doing this to spite the judge for not liking it and I'm doing this to show the judge that I was right originally. So a lot of those redemptions might have a little bit of spite tinged and redemption is just too long for Wordle. Um, so I think it might be like a little of both, but those are all very fun memories to go back to from top chef um that is all of our mailbag this week a nice light mailbag thank you as always meredith for keeping hold of all of our memories so we don't have to and uh at some point you're gonna have to pass those off to someone else who's gonna ride a bike into the snow and then live or die it's up to you to decide which one um the giver right i think it was a sled 
Was it a sled? It was, it was a sled, sled not yeah. a bike. You're right. It was a sled. Thank you. Um, anyway, the, there'll be a, a receiver later. Uh, but we really appreciate everybody who writes into the show. Mailbag at packyourmics.com. And uh, that brings us to next week. We don't have any. Um, we've, we talked a little bit about what we had, how our feelings going forward. Does anyone have a different bold prediction? Does anyone have a different thing you came away from this week expecting to happen? Or any thoughts about next week's episode from the preview, which has already skipped my brain? Oh, I don't have uh, so I really agreed with your thoughts on how the season's gone and that's I think that's leading to me not having too many bold thoughts I don't think I have yeah. many bold feelings about this cast and what's happened so far it's it's been good but it's been sort of like top chef baseline um yeah it's it's I you know it's even hard even if Ezra was here he would have trouble coming up with a wild prediction because normally he picks someone who's clearly not going to win and says they're going to win and it's hard to find somebody like that right now nobody is cooking so far outside the pack good or bad that it feels like obviously they're going to win everything if you said like like Nick has not been on the top a lot but if you said Nick was going to pull the season out I would not be shocked I think yeah. that's not that bold of a prediction but yeah I think because of the way it's edited you're right about like Buddha and Jackson getting way more screen time than anyone else so I, I well, regretfully assume that like these sort of like traditional top chef finalists are going to be top chef finalists this year uh, well, just to keep so we we saw a ton of Jackson on this episode, which either mean which always either means they're going to win or they're going to lose. It's rare that you'd see a lot of time and then someone just finishes in the middle. Mm-hmm. So I if we just to just to keep that possibility open for the whole season because I'm not paying that close attention to the ed- edic of the season. It the, the fact that we're seeing a lot of Jackson from early on suggests he will play an important role, but it, the important role could be. In episode nine, he goes home in a very controversial way. Like there could still be a different plot that doesn't involve him winning. There's just, but he's going to play it. Clearly, he's going to play an important role at some point. I have a a topic for discussion. Okay, I just thought of a bold prediction. Do you want to okay. go first or second? Uh, second. Again. Okay, great. So here's my bold prediction: Jackson's taste comes flooding back, and it ruins his ability to cook. Ooh, he can really taste good. too well. He doesn't know what he's doing anymore. It comes back weird. Every like, you know, he's like, "Oh, now I can't." Cilantro tastes like soap now. I don't know how it happened or whatever. And he just ruins all of his dishes from that. Oh, I was thinking you're prediction. gonna be like, he can taste the nuance too much, so he's like over overly fussy with yeah, all yeah, yeah. dishes. Something's hit him too hard. Yeah, yeah. He's got like super sensitive taste, and now everything is just like so strong. That he tunes it right down. He can't handle any spice, any salt, anything. Anyway, a lot of good possibilities here. But yeah. it, or it could just go, or it like comes back in wired wrong, like green wire into the red wire or whatever. So now he's like everything salty tastes sweet to him. And uh, yeah, anyway, he's something is going to happen when his tastes come back. And it's going to be really bad. Okay, that's my bold prediction, Megan. What is your topic of discussion for the group? Um. Well, I was just I was thinking. I uh, do you think the location? Um, because Top Chef is, you know, at, at least as as we like like it to be, you know, really focused on like the style of cuisine in certain locations could give advantages or disadvantages to different chefs depending on their style of cuisine. In the coming challenges, or um, in, in the coming challenges, so or, or just in general, like I, I mean, maybe someone uh, could do well in one lo- you know on one season because of the location oh, and the sort of this yeah, types yeah. of cuisine that they're focusing on and maybe not so well in, in other locations or in other seasons. That's a good question. I definitely feel like the timing of the seasons you've been on could matter where like 
there were a couple of seasons where it was like the judges had just discovered Southern food and were so excited if you cooked anything Southern. And now they've seen a lot of Southern food. You know, now that um, uh, uh, Kelsey Bernard Clark KBC has already won a season, they're like less blown away by Southern food. So it might be that like, regardless of where the show was physically located, if you'd been cooking before that, you might have more memorable food than after. Well, it's also of sort of like follows, what happened. I think national restaurant trends. I don't think totally, that's a, totally like unique to the show. No, not at all. It's definitely there is like a trend of like the whole country discovered Southern food at the same time as Top Chef. Mm-hmm. I also think we're at sort of a disadvantage here in that I, I don't know that anyone's actually been to Houston on this. I've been to I've Houston. Been to- How dare you say oh, that? Okay. Houston is the only place where I've done a comedy show and someone threw a chicken finger at my head. <laughs> I was wow. on a diet and I mentioned it on stage. I said, I'm on a diet, so I'm a little bit hungry. And a lady threw a chicken finger. So it was like trying to help. She was like, she thought she was being nice. And I was like, well, my diet does not include food thrown at me. That's not how it works. What if Although it had been, been an effective a, like, diet? F- uh, non-meat chicken tender. What if it had been like a chick apostrophe in tender? If it or was a French fry. <laughs> yeah, I had not told them I was vegetarian, so that might have changed things. But in general, I do have a pretty strong policy that you the food um should not be airmailed to my head i do feel yeah, like considered I like, gold belly i so as, as long as it ends up on a plate i don't care if it was in the air it just shouldn't be in the air unaccompanied by a delivery mechanism it shouldn't be hucked i guess is how i would say that i don't like i don't like an oyster on a rock i also don't like it thrown at me i don't that's not my kind of uh anyway i had an okay time in houston actually i i, I liked some of the stuff there. i had some really um just disgusting plates of Mexican food. They're just like, this is 2 million calories and I'm going to eat it until I pass out. Um, disgusting in a good way, but like just really huge portions of things. But anyway, so yeah, Julia. <laughs> <laughs> I think that my sense of Houston is that it's actually like kind of similar to Los Angeles and that it's this enormous city that you think is a certain way. Uh, but actually because it's so enormous, you have like a lot of everything there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, maybe that's, you know, there are situations where having so much of everything makes it worse for, for me or for a chef where you like have to make decisions about right. like what you're going to focus on. And, and for a showrunner to decide like, how do you showcase a, a city that has yeah. a lot of enclaves with really interesting people in them? Yeah. What is the one voice of Houston that we're going to present for this show? And the producers are all very familiar with Los Angeles because everybody in TV comes through here and right. maybe they're not as familiar with how to do that in Houston. Yeah. That could be part of it. I, I definitely, I mean, Houston is uh, like LA is unfathomably large. And yeah. anytime you get this large of a city, you're going to have a lot of interesting small pockets and it's not going to be one clear voice. Also like LA, mostly freeway. Everything you do in Houston is like, well, I would like to spend an hour on the freeway to do that thing. I have been to Dallas and that was my experience of Dallas also. Um, I have. So what I, my friend who was from Houston always told me was that like Dallas so obviously very biased, but what she always said was like, Houston is great because Houston knows it's in Texas and is proud of it. And Dallas thinks it's in New York, <laughs> but is actually in Texas. And so it's like a different kind of uh, like maybe a snobbishness about Texas from Dallas. But anyway, I'm both are, freeways. <laughs> both have very, very large freeways. Sorry, Kyle, you were going to say something a second ago uh, about 20 uh, minutes ago. <laughs> about 20 minutes ago. Yeah. It's OK. I don't remember what it was about either. So I should I would it's love to gone. pull you into it, but I drag your memory uh, um okay I, well just, it seems like a good I, place I, to going back well no it probably is a good place to end. i'd say just to answer megan's question too i'm not sure if yes, anyone yes. would benefit 
based on the location right now. But I think it's also because I don't get as much like sort of I haven't got enough personality in people's mm-hmm. cooking. Like I'd say of everyone, I think I have a pretty clear idea of Nick's cooking because of the sort of the the energy he puts into it, like seeing his like his very uh, a classic but well-designed like BLT Texas toast. And like so many of his dishes have been like kind of straightforward fundamentals with a sort of Southern ethos. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's where the flavors are coming from. But like Buddha is fancy in French. And so I guess I, I do know Buddha a little bit, but I, I don't see as many like personal voices in a lot of the food. I think this was such an interesting one for Joe because Joe has been like cooking Filipino food the the first few challenges. And we I feel like maybe not exactly the way we were discovering Southern food a few years ago. I do feel like Filipino food is finally getting a big stage the yeah. last few years. And then when Joe is like, but my true passion is California style Italian food in New York. Like that's a that was a very now it's just yeah. too many different places to understand. I can't figure out what that is. So Joe's been in the bottom too much, and I fear she's I not along for the show. But she seems fun. Seems great. Yeah, absolutely. Um, also, Monique showed us yeah. um, the the so the brioche did not turn out well, but the glamour shots of Monique's pastry shop. Oh my god, that yeah. looked incredible. Yeah. So I don't know if there's a challenge that can be I am sure you can't do a croissant challenge, but I would really enjoy it and I'd like, <laughs> like to watch Monique mop up on on that one. Yeah. A, a croissant quick fire is there a way to do that? And then Jay can just tell us again that she doesn't bake. <laughs> yeah. Oh she yeah, just another gets <laughs> I mean, we also, yeah, we know Jay's voice, which is uh, how many things can I get onto this? And also don't tell me to bake. Be Korean. Yeah. I, yeah. All right. You know what? You guys have talked to me and actually like, now that I realize I do have more things I like. There are that I like and I yeah. just would like to see a little more of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we didn't actually eliminate anybody since it's the same exact team <laughs> next week as was on this week. But um, after we eliminate one or possibly two chefs, I think we'll really get a strong feeling for everybody's personality. Okay. Um, that feels like a good place to end. If you have any more questions for the panel or any other feedback, mailbag at packyourmics.com. We're also on Facebook and Twitter. Um, and uh, I believe that it is fair. It feels a little bit, he can't hear, he's not here to justify himself or stand by his dish, but um, Chris, pack your mics and stay home. You've been eliminated, but good news. You're back next week. Um, wherever you are listening to us, we should, I believe we will have as and Sarah back next week. Maybe. Fingers I can't remember crossed. if it was one or two weeks. Anyway, please come we'll back, be here. Ezra and Sarah. We miss you. Um, and uh, yeah, well, thank you guys, Brooklyn, uh, from Brooklyn, um, Burbank, for holding down the fort for us and uh, great baby. You out happy, there? happy to be here. And uh, finally, put the baby to sleep on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if 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 baby, if little baby could have heard more of uh, my tangent about foams, I think we could have put her to sleep a lot earlier. Um, Megan, thanks for hanging out. Thank you. And Julia, thanks for rounding out the panel today. We really appreciate it. Thanks, Julia. Thanks for having me. Very, very good to have you here. Uh, please come back anytime. And uh, all right, we'll talk to everybody next week on another episode of Pack Your Mics.